Hey there, neighbors, and welcome to Jabberjaw Ramblings, second Tuesday of a podcast. So two in a row, pat myself on the back. I am excited. All right, so we can review what has happened. Well, President Trump was diagnosed with COVID-19. He spent some time in the military hospital, has since been released, and is now recovering at the White House. We had the VP debate last night, so that went well. And well in the sense that it was far more cordial than the presidential debate. Were questions truly answered? Eh, not really. Are we surprised by that? Probably not. So, uh, in other news, I don't know about any of you, but I tend to get lost in news articles, much like I get lost in anything else that has to do with whatever. I get lost in Facebook, I get lost in Instagram and Twitter, more so in TikTok. But every now and then, I get lost in the news, you know, with the Apple news, because you click on one article, it leads to another article, and then another one, and so on. And so I, for as long as I can remember, I've always had strong interests in the environment and prehistoric animals, um, dinosaurs, etc., marine life, marine biology, um, anything, anything that has to do, you know, with the environment um, to a degree. To a degree. How, how can I say anything that has to do with the environment to a degree? No, anything that has to do with the environment, good or bad, those articles suck me in. Suck me in like crazy. Whether it's things that they have come across, whether it has to do with pollution, um, seeing wildlife, just enjoying themselves, reading about the fires and the devastation that that creates, um, hurricanes, like, you know, you name it, I get absorbed into those type of news articles. Uh, if it has to do with other things, maybe not so much, but, um, for sure when it has to do with the environment, global warming, you know, people can call it what it is, but layman's term, the earth is warming. <laughs> global warming. Um, yes, global warming does mean that other things are happening that people may or may not agree with. But based upon the name, global warming, the globe is warming. And there is nothing that I don't think <laughs> people can truly deny of that happening. Glaciers, are melting at an alarming rate. The permafrost in Siberia is dissolving, melting, however you want to put it, again, at an alarming rate. And because of this, they are now finding 
prehistoric animals that once roamed the earth thousands upon thousands of years ago. So in my rabbit hole of clicking on different environmental based news articles, I came across this one. I was ecstatic. Ecstatic for the finding, sad for the fact that the permafrost is melting. And because of that, you know, contributing to global warming, again, the globe is warming up. <laughs> um, globe as an earth is in a warming phase. And because of that, unfortunately, all of these animals uh, that have been iced, right, sealed in ice, are now being stumbled upon, like literally stumbled upon, because of something like poking out of an area. So anyway, BBC News uh, published this article, and it's bear from Ice Age found completely preserved in Russian Arctic. The bear, and it's a bear, right? So um, this is just, it's just amazing. So the bear was revealed by the melting permafrost on the Lyakovsky Islands in northeastern Russia with its teeth and nose intact, which is huge. Very rarely will you find a specimen in such great condition to have the nose. Like teeth, you'll come across like a skull with teeth. But the fact that the nose was still intact is huge. So the bear is thought to be a species of a brown bear, or it's not a brown bear, of brown bear, that lived 22 to basically 40,000 years ago. It will be studied at the Northeastern Federal University in the city of Yakutsk. Yakuts? I, I don't even know how to say it. It is Y-A-K-U-T-S-K. Um, scientists at the university, known for its research into woolly mammoths and other prehistoric species, suggested the discovery was unprecedented. Dr. Lena Grigorieva a paleontology researcher at the university said the bear was the first and only find of its kind to be recovered in one piece with soft tissue. It is completely preserved with all internal organs in place, even including its nose. Previously, only skulls and bones were found, this find is of great importance for the whole world. Dr. Grigorieva told uh, the BBC the animal is believed to be an ancient relative 
of the brown bear, a large species found across Eurasia and North America today. Other Russian scientists will be invited to join the study with more details to be announced soon. It is necessary to carry out radiocarbon analysis to determine the precise age of the bear. The university quoted Maxim Cheprasov of the Mammoth Museum Laboratory as saying, the bear carcass was found by reindeer herders on the island, which is the largest of the Lyakovsky Islands, which are part of the new Siberian islands uh, that lie between Laptev, Laptev, Laptev Sea, and the East Siberian Sea. Separately, the preserved carcass of a bear cub was found in Russia's far eastern region of, oh gosh, Yakutia, also known as the Sakha Republic. DNA testing will be carried out with that as well. Recent years have seen major discoveries of mammoths, woolly rhinos, several puppies, and calves, no, and cave lion cubs as the permafrost melts across vast areas in the Russian region of Siberia. Last year, an 18,000-year-old puppy was found perfectly preserved with teeth and fur in the permafrost of Siberia. So this finding of this bear is huge. When you look at the pictures, so I definitely encourage you to go to the bbc.com and again, it is the bear from Ice Age found completely preserved in Russian Arctic. Arctic. And this uh, article was published on the 15th of September. And to see these pictures is astounding. Again, to see that the bear has its fur, teeth, lips, nose, um, legs is it, wow is unheard of as one whole carcass as a whole carcass and to top it off um i didn't did i read that piece anyway um yeah i did okay um uh, Yeah, for the fact that the internal organs are all in place is another thing. Like the fur, I mean, it's pretty well matted, obviously, right? It's been compressed. <laughs> um, but my gosh, check it out. If anything, to look at the pictures. And then, of course, they always have more in this story. So that is where you can then read about this Siberia 18,000-year-old um, frozen puppy. But it said, Siberia, 18,000-year-old frozen dog stumps scientists. So the canine, which was two months old when it died, has been remarkably preserved in the permafrost of the Russian region, with its fur, nose, and teeth all intact. 
DNA sequencing has been unable to determine the species. Scientists say that could mean the specimen represents an evolutionary link between wolves and modern dogs. Radiocarbon dating was able to determine the age of the puppy when it died and how long it has been frozen. And so it also shows that based upon the DNA, uh, the puppy was male. Um, But my gosh, a little puppy. I guess they still are going to continue the DNA sequencing and hopefully we'll be able to find out more about the evolution of dogs. And then it says, you know, just some other information um, about, you know, how modern dogs came to be. But to see this picture of this puppy, um, they clearly cleaned it up a bit because uh, it's just interesting. The first picture just kind of shows it having dark fur. And initially I thought it was just going to be kind of like a dark fur puppy. But when you scroll down after they've cleaned it up a bit, um, it has like super thick brown fur. But the fact that you can see the whiskers, the nose, the lips, again, has the back legs, front legs, paws, um, teeth is huge. And so, you know, one thing about permafrost is it seals (laughs) the, um, specimens extremely well. And for those, um, that, you know, have been exposed, obviously, you know, uh, with that exposure, those specimens lost a lot of, um, you know, uh, a lot of the fur, a lot of anything. And so the fact that they are now coming across full body carcasses of these prehistoric animals is a huge, huge step for science to where then they're able to piece, um, you know, the connection of various animals from then to animals of today. Um, so major leaps and, you know, wow, 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 wow. Um, excitement around the air for science in regards to the prehistoric animals that they are finding in Siberia. And again, the reason why they're coming across that is because the permafrost is melting. The only way in which permafrost can melt, (laughs) the only way in which icebergs can melt, the only way in which ice caps can melt, is because the earth is warming up. How it's warming is, of course, the controversial piece. Some think it's a natural cycle. Others believe it is caused from pollution, you know, carbon emissions, 
ethanol, etc. Um, so the debate, you know, of how the earth is warming, uh, strong, but I don't think anyone can truly deny the fact that the earth is warming. Because if it wasn't, we wouldn't be seeing what we're seeing now. And in this case, these reindeer herders stumbled across that bear because it was sticking out. Part of it was sticking out anyway. So, wow. Wow, 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 wow. So it's unfortunate of the circumstances of how they're coming across these prehistoric animals, but the fact that they're finding them is amazing in regards to research and connecting those links, as I mentioned, from prehistoric animals to today's animals. Um, Amazing. So then you have other news. Unfortunately, all of it kind of regarding Russia. I mean, good and bad. Um, So with Russia, they are dealing now in another area of a toxic spill that uh, I don't think they fully know what is causing this bill, but nonetheless came across that article as well. Um, it is a CNN, art, at least the article that I read is from CNN. So uh, with this one, it says a suspected toxic spill in Russia's Far East has killed 95% of marine life on the seabed. 95% I can't even wrap my mind around the loss of sea life if it's sitting at 95% around this particular seabed. Extremely unfortunate and sad for the environment. So a suspected toxic spill along a beach on Russia's Oh, man, Russia and their names. Um, Kamchatka Peninsula has killed 95% of marine life on the surrounding seabed, local scientists have said, following a weeks-long campaign to investigate the mysterious incident. Local surfers were the first to spot that something was wrong at Kalatar. Oh God, I'm not even going to say the names just because I don't want to butcher them. Um, you know, no one wants to hear a butchered name, whether it's a person's name, a town, a state, um, location, like, I don't know. Anyway, so local surfers were the first to spot that something was wrong 
at that particular beach after about 20 people in a surf camp experienced severe retina burns and symptoms similar to food poisoning. In early September, the water changed color to a grayish yellow and a thick milky foam on the surface and a strong foul smell filled the air. A few days later, octopuses, seals, and other sea creatures began to wash up on the beach. The local authorities at first dismissed the reports, but amid mounting pressure, Russia's investigative committee Wednesday launched a criminal probe into suspected violations in the use of environmentally hazardous, hazardous, I don't know why I'm adding a T, hazardous substances and waste and marine pollution. In a meeting with the governor, local scientists reported that the majority of marine life on the seabed was dead. On the shore, we did not find any large dead sea animals or birds. Um, But according to a report posted on the governor's official website, however, when diving, we found that there is a mass death of bottom-dwelling organisms at depths from 10 to 15 meters, 95% are dead. Some large fish, shrimps, and crabs have survived, but in very small numbers. The scientists said they believe the contaminated area is much larger than the parts they examined and that the re-examining marine life is under threat due to lack of any sustenance left for them to survive on. A photographer who participated in the underwater expedition with the scientist also experienced a retina burn, the report added. The findings concur with earlier accounts from locals posted on social media. Our guys went diving and they came back to surface with tears on their eyes. That's interesting that they said that instead of in their eyes. Okay. Tears on their eyes. The entire seabed was full of dead animals, corpses. A local tour guide um, had said, all of our underwater beauty is of gray and yellow colors. The fish look like they've been boiling in hot water. And this is all happening just 200 meters away from the house I live in. Initially, um, the natural, I, I guess the Ministry of Natural Resources and Ecology insisted there was no such issue, saying the color of the water and the smell was normal in the area and that nothing abnormal had been recorded. The statement drew a social media backlash, which gained more traction over a post from a prominent YouTuber featuring drone shots of a dark layer on the surface of the water and dozens of dead animals 
on the shore went viral. It is still unclear what caused the contamination. Initial probes showed that levels of phenol, 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 a substance often used as antiseptic or disinfectant, were 2.5 times higher than normal, and petroleum levels 3.6 times higher. Local media outlets have speculated about a possible oil tanker link or military drills gone wrong, which the defense ministry denied. The investigators are checking all possible sources of pollution, including the territories of landfills adjacent to that particular bay and the coastal strip where the toxic chemicals are stored. Um, the Russian branch of Greenpeace pointed to a nearby toxic waste dump as a possible source of the leak. Uh, and apparently, I guess, at that particular location, hun like 100 tons of toxic substances, including pesticides, had been breached. The governor insisted Wednesday that the area would be recultivated no matter what. This is the latest in a string of ecological disasters Russia has seen in recent years, coming four months after 20,000 tons of fuel from a damaged tank poured into a nearby area, or I guess a nearby river um, in a Siberian city. Wow. Like how 95% of the marine life, they don't show a whole lot of pictures, but the one picture that they do show, you can just see like shells of snails and other sea life, just lifeless that had drifted onto the shoreline. Um, very unfortunate especially since they don't know exactly what is causing the toxic spill, even though they have speculations, they still don't know what the exact cause is. So there was that. Um, so yes, yeah, so that was a CNN article. Um, you know, like I said, things that pertain to the environment, to animals, they always grab my attention <laughs> um, compared to anything else. Uh, so anyway, I thought I would read those two articles just because, or three articles, right? Just because I found them interesting. Not to say that you're going to find them interesting, but, <clears throat> you know, I do, like I said, I find things that pertain to the earth, especially in regards to animals, um, whether they're, prehistoric, whether they were dinosaurs, whether they are, you know, of animals of today. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, because of those three things occurring in Russia, I did not pronounce a number of those names correctly. So I do apologize for the mispronunciations. Um, you know, Sometimes it's, it's a little tough uh, to read names from other countries. Um, but anyway, so I wanted to share that. 
Then what else? What else has been going on? Uh, Work has been crazy, as I'm sure for those of you who are working can probably agree or maybe even disagree. I, you know, I guess it just depends upon what you have going on. (laughs) Um, But yeah, work's been good, busy, crazy, all that fun stuff. Um, And oh, one exciting thing, as I mentioned, I kind of want to bring in some new music. And so I came across, I don't know if, okay, so you know, like I said, in the last podcast, I love music. There are some genres I'm not a fan of. um, But for the most part, I love music. And uh, yeah. So one that I recently came across is Wonder by Sean Mendez. And so that is a new release for him. Um, The song is good. It has a pretty good beat. So I will play, you know, the little 30 second snippet of that. And then we'll come back. Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> I guess it's too new uh, for it to be available. So when I typed in Wonder, it said not available yet. Nonetheless, definitely encourage you to check it out, especially if you are a Sean Mendez fan. Um, good tune. So uh, let's see, what else? Oh, um. I got my order. So I will have to say, ugh, during this whole time frame, I have definitely been ordering way more things than I probably typically would have. Um, and so I, you know, again, like anything else, like man alive, I get sucked into just randomness. (laughs) Um, So I follow a lot of content creators and photographers, videographers, cinematographers, etc. on Twitter and Instagram. And I can't remember which one of the two it was when I came across this ad. And I was like, oh, my word, I need this item. So after I clicked on the ad, reviewed the product, and then just to see what, you know, um, some of the professionals that are using it had to say as their reviews, I checked out five reviews. 
And I was like, I am sold. I'm sold. Like, how and where can I buy this item? So it is, uh, the product is from Aperture. And it is a mini MC LED light panel. So if you are into photography, cinematography, videography, so basically anything that you need a camera and you need lights, whether it's to emphasize an object, to, you know, create a colorful spectrum as a backdrop to an object, like whatever it is that you need lighting, these are amazing. And the fact that they are so small, like they fit in your pocket. So I ended up ordering two. And then it was probably like three days later, I, again, kind of scrolling through either Instagram or Twitter, and I came across the ad again. And I was like, why did I just order two? Why did I not order four? So what did I do? I placed another order and ordered two more. So I now have four of these. And the initial intent of me getting these is because, well, one, I do take a shit ton of pictures using my iPhone. Like, I love the portability and the versatility and the crispiness that you actually get using the iPhone 11 Pro. So a lot of my pictures, my short videos, a lot of ev- a lot a lot of everything. <laughs> a lot of what I do and what I create I do it with the use of my phone. I now want to try using my iPad Pro a little bit more. And so, of course, I use my iPad Pro for the podcasts. Um, But uh, I also want to kind of dabble into doing some YouTube videos and maybe even recording some pieces of the podcast. So if I did, so I recorded a review, you know, quote unquote review (laughs) of the Aperture Lights. I have yet to edit the different videos that I did, but I want to do the videos with a twist. And so, you know, I need to edit those videos. And then once I have it posted, I'm going to let you guys know Uh, that way so you can go and check it out. Um, But I want to try and make you know, this little bit more interactive as far as like it going across different spectrums. So, um, so yeah, so I'm really excited. I'm not 100% sure, but I think I, I'm going to keep the name of, um, uh, anyway, I'm going to keep the name of the podcast Uh, But I think there might be a couple of things that I'm going to change. And so I'm excited for that. Um, So yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to think of different ways to basically um, build an audience, 
whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, like wherever you find this podcast, I want to build upon it and just kind of have it be a little bit more accessible across the board. And so with that, um, it's going to be, you know, random things. Like you'll probably see pictures of my two baby boys who are puppies. (laughs) Well, you know, one is six and one is 12 years of age. But you know, you'll see bits and pieces of my life. So I'm kind of excited uh, to get that going. And hopefully you all will be too and you guys will be engaged to participate um, actively in all of the areas in which uh, Jabberjaw Ramblings is going to be a part of. So I'm kind of, you know, trying to, um, yeah, come up with some ideas. But I, like I said, I have this review of these aperture lights and playing around with them. Oh my gosh. They are, I think, I think they're in need for anyone who likes taking pictures, whether it's on your phone, whether it's on a compact camera or, you know, a camera with interchangeable lenses, Polaroid, like whatever you use for your artistic expression for photography and videography, these lights, in my opinion, are a must have just because of the spectrum of lights as far as the coloring goes. So the color grade of the lights is amazing. And the fact that you can download the app to then control these lights. So you can have them going all as one, as far as like, you know, you have them all going with the same color, or you can do them individually and then pick a color that you want. And the will, the color will, Um, that is available with these lights is pretty dang cool. So I'm excited for that. And they have magnets on the back. So I do have them hanging uh, on a file cabinet next to my desk. But as I'm looking at them, I'm seeing that the uh, silicone rubber cover is different. So two are, of, I, of, in my opinion, kind of of a thinner material compared to the other two. So it makes you wonder if I would have ordered all four, would they all have the same covers? Or do they truly just vary? I don't know. Sorry about that. Ah, uh, my allergies are something else. So, uh, yeah, so that's not fun. Uh, my allergies, it's interesting how allergies affect everyone differently. I pretty much have year round allergies. So, my nose is pretty much stuffed year round. 
Um, unless if I take my medication, <laughs> um, which sometimes I'm good about, other times I'm not. So with my allergies, I tend to cough a, a little, not like all the time, but I tend to get like a dryness in my throat. My nose is stuffed. My ears get plugged. So with my allergies, it affects my ears. So my ears get plugged. My nose is stuffy. I tend to have a tickle in my throat. So then from me coughing or clearing my throat, oh, and then, you know, then I end up um, with a hoarse voice. So it is, ugh, it's a mess. And I pretty much have year-round allergies, but certainly at various times, <laughs> the allergies are worse, um, you know, compared to other times. So with the fires that have been going on, even I think there have been like a couple of fires within my state, but a lot of it is from obviously neighboring states. Um, but I think there is a fire probably within the region. of where I live. And so, you know, it's smoky. Um, now that it's turning fall and you have, um, you know, the leaves and all this stuff. And so that affects me pretty much anything, <laughs> anything outdoors affects me. And then inside it has to do with dust and, um, you know, I guess just a lot of it has to do with dust. So yeah, fun, fun times. Uh, luckily, my two baby boys are considered to be hypoallergenic. If they were not, I would be <laughs> allergic to them because I am allergic to animals, more so cats than dogs. But with them, you know, being hypoallergenic, uh, then I'm, I'm fine, you know, being around them. Um, so they don't shed their Shih Tzus. And it's nice because they don't shed. Uh, I mean, they do, but nothing, nothing compared to the level of other breeds that just, you know, with you rubbing their backs, your hand is like as if you have a mitten on because of how much, you know, hair, uh, certain breeds, um, shed. So luckily they don't shed a lot. And, uh, I don't know. I, th I think just with even their dander, they don't have a lot of dander. So there are some breeds that are considered to be hypoallergenic. Shih Tzus is one. Poodles is another. I don't know about Cocker Spaniels. I feel like they may be. Because um, I feel like the different breeds that we've had growing up, they've all been hypoallergenic breeds um, because of um, my allergies and my family's allergies. So uh, my mom doesn't really seem to have allergies. My dad does. I do. And then, 
I don't know if my brother did or not. Uh, I feel like he probably didn't, at least not to the level that I do. And I think out of um, all of us, I my allergies are by far the worst. <laughs> and I think when I moved out of state for college and then came back, then, you know, that really wreaked havoc uh, with what I'm allergic to. So anyway, enough about me and my allergies and the boringness of my allergies. Um, I hope all of you are staying safe. And with that, you are wearing your face mask when out in public you are washing your hands frequently, and you're maintaining social distancing. Uh, another thing is I, so I wash my hands all the time. And because of me washing my hands all the time, my hands are extremely, extremely dry, and sometimes not even lotion helps. So, you know, Got to keep those little handsies clean, but sometimes at a price. Um, so make sure you have some good lotion nearby to, you know, keep your hands getting overly dry and cracking, which unfortunately is what I'm going through right now because of how many times I wash my hands a day. And I don't even have to be venturing outside. Like I, I should really keep track to see on average how many times I wash my hands because I think it's an absurd amount. Um, but again, I'm also a germaphobe and I'm OCD. So being a germaphobe and OCD and then dealing with COVID-19 not a good combo in any way, shape, or form, which hence why I think I at times probably tend to overwash my hands. Um, you know, wash your hands for whenever you leave the house, you come back, all that stuff, but then I'll even just like touch something and I'll go and wash my hands. And then I'll come back, touch something else, and I'm like, ooh, gotta go wash my hands. Is that anything out of the norm that I'm touching? No, but nonetheless, I have this need to go and wash my hands. So like I said, I have no idea how many times I wash my hands during a day, but um, they're dry, they're starting to crack, and so not even lotion is helping right now. But that's me and my OCD ways in life, you know. Hopefully some of you uh, are faring better in that. But I guess if anything, I have extremely clean hands. <laughs> Dry, yes, but clean, double yes. Um, all right. So anyway, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk soon.